0: Welcome back to another edition of On the Break. Tonight we have J-Mac Chloroformed, his baby edition. He was finally able to pull himself away from his newborn and come back and be on the show again. What's up, J-Mac? It's good to have you back, man.
1: Two weeks in a row, fellas. Two weeks in a row. <laughs>
0: that
1: that baby's a gone. Week. Is it the same week? I don't even know, dude. It all runs together. It's
0: the second week, dude. I'm lost. I don't even know where I'm at honestly.
1: 2020 is a time warp of a never-ending hell (laughs) that we can't get out of. Kyle, what's going on, man? How you doing?
2: What's up, man? Glad glad to have you back. I'm glad that Josh didn't share the title with me before. I'm always just looking forward to his dark, dark humor.
1: I loved it. (laughs) I loved every second of it.
0: Dude, I told you guys before, I was like, I don't know, this one might be pushing the line, but I'm going to say it anyways.
1: It's whatever. It's we're all right. Not not even close to the worst thing that will have been said about me this week, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, or that I've said, really. Regardless of how you got here, we're glad you're here, man. It's been, uh, been a little while.
1: I know, man. It's been great to be able to just chill and watch basketball, though, I'll, I'll be honest.
2: Yeah, it's kind of strange, like, being in the middle of the first and the second round, or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that obviously wouldn't happen normally. I kind of like it, though.
1: I I do too. I like the pace of it all.
2: Dude, yeah, I love the.
0: You got three or four games playing every night, but it makes it hard for us to record in that. You, there's never a like a cadence where you can stop. We don't have any games tonight. Like right now, we're watching Game Seven between Utah and Denver, which has been by far the best series of the entire first round. And yep. we're just watching it while we're while we're recording. So it's you just don't get a break, you know. Incidentally, yeah, the I mean, series
1: that nobody has talked about on top of that.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. You know, obviously Utah going up 3-1, they kind of got, you know, uh, people just kind of wrote it off and said, you know, what is Denver really? And we've been thinking that and they might come back from a 3-1 deficit, but it's crazy that we're in game seven of the first series and they finished game two of the Celtics Raptors series before this game even tipped off.
1: Yeah. Love the pace. Love the pace. It is really tough for guys like us that want to watch every series, but if you're more of a casual fan and you really, only care about your team or whatever, then hey. This is this is great because you're just watching your team every other day,
2: right? Yeah, and I mean it does also give you the ability. Even if you are a big NBA fan, you may not want to watch tip to finish of a game that was never within more than you know twenty points in the second half, right? So it gives you the ability for okay, uh, you know I think this is going to be a better matchup. Like obviously I wasn't marking on my calendar. Toronto versus Brooklyn, right? And you can just find the games that you're really thinking like, hey, I think this is going to be a good game tonight. I think it'll be closest to the game I'm going to watch. It just That's kind of how I'm building my calendar around you know, what I think is going to be good games.
1: Yep. it's very. Like, I'm not
2: as intrigued on the Lakers-Houston as I am the other the other matchups.
1: But, I mean, from what we've seen so far, I mean, I don't know that Houston's a guarantee to come out of this thing.
2: Yeah, did you yeah, mean, I mean Lakers-OKC? Okay, is that what you meant?
1: Yeah, see, that's just called
2: assuming assuming <laughs> uh, because that's my pick, right? So I'm just rolling with my pick, assuming they're going to win Game 7. That's a shit show of a series. It's called
1: speaking it into an existence is what that is. E-
2: exactly. Yeah. But before we dive in all the way on the series, do we need to talk about, I guess, the what we thought was a flawless bubble last time we recorded, Yeah. and then somehow the league stopped and started all on all the same day?
1: All in the same like 48-hour span.
2: Because I think me and you, I know... From our previous conversation, we see it a little bit differently, JMac. As far as you know, what the impact was—whether it's was positive, negative, neutral—or you know, well, I don't think we see actually too different on what was the quality mm-hmm. of the organization of thought. But I mean, we're let, let's just break it down, Josh. We we haven't talked about this. This is a conversation JMac and I actually had separately. Um, where are you at? Let me ask you that first before we we dive into it again, Josh. As far as how the league handled. You know the boycott that started with milwaukee you know followed by lakers clippers
1: quitting basically. they're
2: ready to boycott the season and you know for lack of a better term backtracking on that within a couple of days this is a hard situation
0: um because our nation is so divided on this issue that it makes any decision that the NBA makes or any decision that players make is going to look bad. It doesn't matter if they just gloss over it's going to look bad to a group of people. It doesn't matter if they boycott, it's going to look bad to a group of people. There's no, this is a no win situation. And overall, we need to get something fixed. So not to get too political here, but there are reports you see, you see, the the first first thing came out, and it was, the guy was trying to get away, and and ran him down. They ran him down and got shot, or and and then shot him. And you see the video where they they're chasing him down, and they're pulling on him, and then just open up open up fire on him. You don't see the actual fire, because it's it's just sound at that instance. Um, and then reports later say that he was aggressive, and he had already fought a couple of them off. They'd already tased him, and then he went for a knife, and so they shot him. Um, and there's always always going to be backlash whenever something first happens and there's always going to be more facts that come out at the end of the day what we have to fall back on is would this have been a problem had we not had this intrinsic problem throughout the, the history of of everything that has happened would this instance be a problem if we didn't have a history of call it what it is police brutality mm-hmm. on young black men and I don't know if this instance right here was the right thing for a police officer to do or the wrong thing for a police officer to do. If you have your way, what I would like to have seen happen is Mason tase him more, find a way to wrestle him down and, and handcuff him, and then let like, the American judicial system, which is put in place for a reason, like police officers are not supposed to be writing these guys' obituaries. They're not supposed to be carrying out sentencing and anytime that a police officer gets to a point where they are firing rounds at somebody they're carrying out sentencing whether the person lives or not that person is going to be living with the effects of seven shots in his back for the rest of his life and that is sentencing that's something that cannot be undone Um, ultimately Regardless of what happens, we have to try and find a way that police officers are not carrying out sentencing. This should have been – he should have been wrestled to the ground and taken to the American judicial system so that they can decide what his sentencing is in a jury of his peers, right? That's how America works. So – that's my piece on the political nature of it i think that there are wrong people on both sides of the argument in this specific situation and i think that we as americans need to stop being so divisive and following one news source and paying attention to that one news source and start thinking about how people on the other side of the argument think of things and start trying to just get a little bit closer together so that we can move forward and make this country a better place because at the end of the day like A lot of the protests that are happening aren't saying that they hate America. Some of them are, and and that's a small percentage on the bell curve. But the vast majority of people are not saying that they hate America. The vast majority of people are saying, we want to make America better. Kneeling or any type of protest that we see like this is not an immediate indictment of America. Rather, it's a, we want, because we live here and because we are allowed these freedoms of being able to protest. And the NBA, even my employer, is behind me in being able to feel what I feel. We want to move forward with these protests and say that we want to make America better. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that Silver, it would have been very taken very poorly if Silver would have come in and let them do anything apart from what they needed to do. At the end of the day, Silver will never understand how a lot of these players feel right now. He never will. The three of us never will. So it's hard for us to come in and say, you should be doing this because we'll never understand where they're coming from ever. So I'm okay with it. Um, It sucks because you miss out on basketball and you have the potential of losing really what has been for me and for a lot of people, the only bright spot in 2020, Mm. but we will never ever feel the type of hurt and the type of pain as some of these players feel whenever they see something like that. And as people, it's my job and as a fellow human to come a little bit closer to them and become an ally and their fight in regards to this and say, I know you're hurting and I'm going to give you the space to grieve
2: however you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, that's well said. I mean, I think there is a giant disconnect in terms of what the, what the protest messaging is. Um, I think you're looking at that, that two, three percentile extremist that I don't actually fully agree with. Right. And that's being, you know, lumped in as, you know, the, the entire movement, which just isn't the case. It is, in most in most cases, peaceful. Um, it is, in most cases, trying to just improve the country in which you live in. Um, and to your earlier point, Josh, because of, I think, the disconnect and the no one wanting to meet in the middle, no gray area, just left or right, you've got to be on the side of the fence, it leads to hyper-analysis and over-analysis of every single decision that's made and extreme criticism that's not always warranted. And that kind of ties it back to... You know, J-Mac's point that he made to me that I didn't initially agree with that's resonated with me here a little bit. And I think I do agree with it now is that.
1: Well, let me lay it know, out. Like.
2: Yeah, lay it out. Lay let it let out, me lay it out. Hey, because- I, I'm starting to meet you Meet you there. And I, I see what you were saying.
1: So, like, in regards to everything that Josh said, like, I think very well put it was 100%. Reprehensible the behavior, like I don't care what was happening, what was going on. Seven shots to the back was unacceptable. I think everybody can agree on that. That's unacceptable. I think
2: we can agree on a TAZE tackle arrest procedure with multiple officers is feasible, correct? In 99% of
1: cases, 99% of cases. And we can't, you know, just like we can't put ourselves in the shoes of those that have not lived or not, you know, experienced what we've experienced and vice versa, we can't live in somebody else's shoes we can't really say what we would have done given the circumstances A cop one way or the other. That's and a great yeah, point. I, and, I, right I don't
2: right. want to downplay the challenge, and difficulty of that job in this day and age, at that pay. It's incredible what those guys do, and I do have respect for, for the good ones out there, which I think is the majority.
1: Right, I, I agree with that. And again, uh, reprehensible, not okay, like... Uh, A thousand percent not covering for the cop here by any means, you know, it it was unacceptable. That's period. But like, we, we can't put ourselves in those shoes either. And so in these kinds of situations, the hardest part is to sit back for a second, take a step and wait for the facts. So we know exactly what was going on. And then yep. kind of take the steps from there. That's the part that we get in a little bit ahead of our skis at sometimes is we want to, you know, take the guy down, take the guy down, take the guy down. And we, you know, we maybe act too hastily, which can cause error. We're human. Like that can happen. And I say all that to say we just we don't want to rush things because we want things to happen the right way to actually institute change. Okay. And so that that's Absolutely. my thinking about it. And, and again, I'm not siding with any side of it because I feel however the fuck I want to feel about it to be real honest not I I don't listen to someone to tell me how I should feel about it right Um, uh, again we we are probably the least qualified people to be having this conversation really and truly because we have (laughs) not lived in in any kind of oppression like that like there I was thinking about this the other day there was a time where you know like uh, in high school you go to a party that got busted or some shit like that you know and like I never worried about the cops pulling a gun on Me, never one time. No I can't, no I can't one. One. No, dude,
0: in I the burbs of no. wherever the hell we were, yeah. like rich
1: white kids, no. I no can't way. relate to that. There's no way in hell. And, and, and while that's fortunate, it's unfortunate in a lot of ways because now, like, it's hard for me to put, to even, like, not hard for me, I guess, but just hard in general for people to take a walk in someone else's shoes to even think that it could be different because it is different. And, God,
0: yeah. I was going to say, what's crazy, too, is, you, you sat back and said, I wish that I would have had more of this experience, but you can bet your ass that you're going to do everything in your power to not ever give your kid that experience. Absolutely. And I'm going to do everything in my power to hold on to every single privilege that my child can ever have. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy because you start thinking about, about the idealized version of what you believe society should be, and you disassociate yourself from any way that it's going to affect you. And mm-hmm. then you come back to you and you say, am I really willing to pay 40% taxes on my meager income right now so that we can do this for this community? Sure. I don't know if I feel that way. Um, but, but, yeah. but that
1: doesn't it, matter. Like What it comes down to is the – fair and like the fair treatment of others and that's the part that right where we all struggle and that's the part that we don't see because we haven't experienced that and that's kind of the point like no i don't want i'm going to keep you know i'm gonna do everything i can to keep my child from living that but i think any parent would say that just not everybody's in that same circumstance and has the same resources to be able to do so and i agree right? and
0: that, i went a little bit philosophical on you guys <laughs> and i think it's the right thing to, to think that as yeah, well yeah. let me let me hit you with something with uh josh bristow 2020 um, My campaign promise is I would I want cops to be paid more, not yeah. because they the, the cops that are in there necessarily deserve it. Not saying that they don't deserve it. I think they probably do. But more so cops or police officers should have a larger talent pool to pull from. Police officers in Seattle start at forty-five thousand, dude. That's lucky to get you a crack house, yeah. Like a, a boardroom in a crack house in Seattle,
2: mm-hmm. and Police the shit officers- you're gonna have to put up with out there versus a, a small town or a good quality county. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: and it, it, that's not even that's not even part of my argument. More so, it's just you need to have a bigger talent pool that you pull from. You can't be having the talent pool be. The exact same person that is that has wanted to be a police officer for his whole life and has done nothing to expound on how he views the, views the society, society, except for out of a police officer's shoes. Mm-hmm. If you pay them one hundred thousand, you're going to attract way more diverse candidates, and you're going to be able to choose from those good candidates and have a more diverse police system. But that's yeah. Uh, vote Josh
2: Bristol twenty twenty.
1: Love it. All right, well, Josh enters politics in twenty twenty four. I'm yeah. Is this a bad so
2: podcast? I don't know where that yeah. money's coming from since you don't want to pay taxes, but yeah. we'll, we'll digress. <laughs> Also true.
1: Um, All right, so <laughs> I want to move on to the NBA piece. Of, of, and this is kind of what Kyle was kind of setting up, too, and what we were talking about the other day was that So we got to this thing and the timeline kind of went as such, and it's a rough timeline, but you had the, the Bucks were playing the the, uh, magic. They were up three to one in the series and you know, this, all this stuff happening in Kenosha, obviously, you know, Milwaukee, all that Wisconsin, they felt that they wanted to kind of pull the the trigger and and sit, you know, kind of boycott the game. And I have no problem with that. You know, there's you know, that is absolutely something I see as appropriate in in the given the circumstances. Right. And so I guess the NBA, since they were all in the same place, which was convenient in that sense, they all the players got together and met. And, you know, of course, there's the information coming out that the Lakers and Clippers were done with the season boycotting. I mean, it was pretty much it looked like things were over like it was this was this nearly took down the entire league uh, or the the restart of the league, I should say. And within what? Uh, help me with timeframes here. Like twelve hours or so, we were. Yeah, it was right less, back, than,
2: less than a day.
1: We were right back to playing games on Saturday. And like, I, my point to Kyle that I shared with him earlier in the week was this: I, 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 I absolutely agree that they should have boycotted the games because they're using their platform to make a point, and that's one of the things that we've been most. uh, complimentary of the nba throughout this whole restart is the way that they've incorporated the black lives matter stuff the names on the jerseys all those kinds of things That's, that stuff is incredible it's good messaging it's kind of gets it out there it keeps it front of mind we we don't want it to disappear by any means but we you know because we feel like it, it really is a good thing The problem ends up being, though, that whenever you say we're boycotting, we're done with this season, and then you go back to the table and you're right. Everybody has a right to change their mind. I have no problem with that. But you go back to the table and you say, okay, well, this is what we're looking at if we shut down. And you start to look at the financials of it and it starts to look like, oh, well, maybe our cause isn't as just because it's going to lose us money. That's where it comes off as disingenuous to me. And right. I didn't feel like the, what the Bucks started was disingenuous, but I felt like the rest of it, the, the stop, start talk, you know, got a little bit disingenuous in that sense. And my whole point was that by doing this, they needed to force some kind of change to use their platform to force change. That's the whole point. You look at the, the bus riots and Montgomery and all that stuff like that, that stuff took months and months and months, you know, to really enact different types of change and different conversations that need to be had. And my thing was, if you're going to boycott it, pull the rip cord and get it done. Now it's not on, it's by far for me to be telling anyone how to protest, but they had a really good opportunity to make a really big point. And I feel like by just going back and just sort of playing and, and I, I, I will say in the aftermath of this conversation, I will say that Kyle and I had earlier this week, I will say that it has been nice to see some teams meeting with governments and working on doing some things that, that are really positive and making meaningful change. I'm, I'm really, really glad to see that. I just, it felt like a bit of a phony message that didn't, that could have been carried out louder to prove an actual point because they were the only team that was going, or the only league that were going to stop and they didn't. It's like they paused, and that, that, that was a weird thing to me. It really was.
2: Yeah, it doesn't look good on the outside looking in because the key here is perception. And Correct. perception by the opposition is not good right now because it does come off as disingenuous for all the reasons you just laid out. I don't think that's the case. I think it was, to a point you made earlier, an emotional reaction yep. in the moment. Yep. And, and I think it was justified. Sure. I think they realized the implications of what they were doing. Financially, yes, but also, hey, we have this platform is shutting this whole thing down and boycotting really the best use of that. And I think they realized it was not, but felt like in the moment that that was going to get the attention and grab the attention. And it did. They, it's like they didn't think it through, right? And it, yeah, it, I want to say it backfired because it did. It didn't, though. It, it did. It, it resulted in four new changes. Um, I don't have them in front of me, but it's, you know, they're going to turn the NBA. Arenas into voting centers. Yep. Um, they're going to get NBA support towards local, um, I think, police forces in terms of like uh, excessive force training, things of that nature. Um, they're going to have. I hear more. That Marcus Morris is supposed to be leading that, actually. <laughs> right, we'll the let you go to your Marcus training. Morris soapbox. In a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> what a fucking great. Let's just sign off on that. That was yeah. so well played. Um, then uh, I'm trying to remember, recall some of the other changes as well. I know the. Uh, they're going to be doing more advertisements throughout uh, throughout the playoffs about equality and opportunity and social justice. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be there's a fourth one out there. Anyways, there's four changes ultimately that are going to be implemented. Right away, and I think the league has to follow through on these. And I think they probably will. Um, the owner support will be interesting because mm-hmm. I think there's a wide variety or a wide range of where some of these owners um, view things. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think those four changes are a great impact and are good response and a better, I should say, a better response than boycotting the entire season.
1: I'll tell you this. I think it could have actually been ha- been solved with one very quick statement from someone like, I don't want to, we always go to LeBron to pin these things on because he's sort of the face of the league, but like, you know, yeah. like put, uh, I don't know. Le- I-
2: actually, I think I'll LeBron- tell you, Jalen Brown is really impressive, man. Agree, Jalen Brown is, is, the face of the league in terms of social justice i think i think cp3's voice is big obviously as head of the um the players union so i mean but you need those a, are the guys a big face
1: right you need a big face and honestly it probably comes down to lebron being the best person just because he's so transcendent Like like aside from the basketball part, like everybody knows who LeBron James is. And I think a lot of
2: people don't like LeBron though, and that's a little bit of a problem.
1: Yeah, maybe. But the statement is very simple. The statement is this look, we we met together, we reacted emotionally, we feel like the boycott is best, and we are going to we've decided that we are going to go ahead and resume play. However, we're going to be, you know, taking these measures. And the the part that got me about it that made it feel disingenuous was the lack of addressing. The, the emotional reaction at the beginning. the emo- Again, I'm not telling anyone how to protest. I'm not telling anyone sure. how to feel about it. But all I'm saying is it comes off as disingenuous versus a message that could have been fluid saying, you know what, we felt like it, it justified that, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to use our platform to do these things. And they did that to an extent, which helped smooth some of it out, but it, it should have been a little bit more explicit from just the player's standpoint.
2: I think the grade here is TBD though, right? like yes. We got to see if they execute yes. or not. Agreed.
0: Yeah. I, I, Anytime that you can that you change direction from what was originally expected, you have to make a statement. And unfortunately, I, I don't like that a lot of statements seem to be not heartfelt and they seem to be very... Just send somebody on Twitter and, and throw out the, the NBA has decided to resume games after meeting and doing this. Yeah. I, I would like to see a press conference held where somebody comes forward with a heartfelt message that says that we believe this is the best way for us to facilitate change moving forward. Um, I think that a a boycott in this situation isn't going to do a whole lot solely because the people that you want to affect, that you want to change, or that you want to change the mind of or, or move forward, aren't watching the NBA anymore. It, right. NBA just lost in ratings to NASCAR last weekend, bro. Like that's, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, <clears throat> I think that, and that gets to, excuse me, that gets us to a, a more intrinsic problem with what I believe that is happening within America now is if you don't agree with an opinion, you just turn it off. You don't ever listen to that opinion. You just say, I don't have to listen to this. And you turn it off and you never try to understand what the other side is. And I I think that that's horrible for both sides of every spectrum. I'm not even going to say the political spectrum. It's horrible for every side of the spectrum. Anytime that you're in a disagreement with somebody, you should try to work through where they're coming from. Um, And a lot of the people that the NBA would – "Quote unquote," punished for boycotting the season and making it their name. Just don't care. They just—they're not watching the NBA. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it, I—I I do think that what a better move is is because you have to like, let's say that 30% of America is on one side, 30% of America is on the other side, and then you got 40% in the middle that really doesn't care. Is to use that mirrors effect uh, um, protocol where you have stuff like. Black Lives Matter in front of their face all the time or or uh, say her name in front of in front of their face and they start to get comfortable with it. And I think that that's probably more effective than a boycott. Um, at the end of the day, 2020 is so weird that it's it's kind of just like if the NBA canceled the season. Yeah, the NBA season was canceled. And I don't know if that would make as much of a difference in winning people's hearts as consistently playing and consistently getting. These sayings in front of in front of people so that they can get used to it and become comfortable with it But I, I understand where you're coming from J J Mac I and I agree that the I would like to see more of a statement made than just some tweet coming out um, I think that playing was the right move here um, But I, I think that also they would need a statement to, to pivot like that or they should have had a statement to pivot like that Sure. So good. Take. Absolutely.
2: Yeah I think your best point right there before we dive into the series is that the people you're punishing by boycotting the season are NBA fans, and I would say an overwhelming majority of NBA fans are already aligned on this issue. So it's it's not really affecting or grabbing the attention of that demographic, to your point, Josh, that you're wanting to. Right. It's fair.
1: It's a fair point, too. All right. Let's dive into – any other thoughts on this stuff? Like, this is – This is an incredible time for all of this. And the NBA is a a leader in all this Whether And I think that's where my take was really coming from more than anything else is I understand how much of a leader the NBA is in all of this just because of the the nature of the league and how it's run and how everything is treated and the players, you know, the diversity amongst the league, all this stuff. And... That's where it was a little – it fell short for me in that way just because I would like to see more as far as statement goes. But, you know, it is what it is. I I respect their right to choose what they feel like is best and what's going to help push their, their cause forward. That's all that matters.
0: The best thing the NBA can do is have meetings with the NFL they absolutely if Good you want to get your ideas out <laughs> there and get get in front of people's faces you need to go see the nfl because the nba people that aren't watching the nba anymore are looking forward to the nfl season yep. that's like you can take away one sport i see it all the time on social media dude thousands of people flock to these to these thunder basketball pages where they're saying uh we've done this to help people to help enable people vote and they go i'm not watching the nba anymore this is ridiculous it's so political it's like Bro, all they're trying to do is help people vote. Like, chill I mean, out. You don't even know who they're gonna bit. vote for. Although it's pretty likely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. if you can get the like people will give up the NBA, but they won't give up two sports, two major sports. Like that's the most that you can do. You need to go have talks with the NFL, and you need to have talks with the
2: MLB. Yeah. So you yeah don't the good, to luck. good luck. Don't don't have talks with NASCAR. That that'll mm. be challenging. You can <laughs> probably hit them on the on their beeper once they get recession when they get back uh, <laughs> get back from the pond. Um so, the NFL is a great point, Josh, but to J point, I think that's a Never. really challenging conversation and <laughs> really challenging implementation. And I think Adam Silver and Roger Goodell are
1: very different very people.
2: Far <laughs> ally, are very far uh, off on how, how a league yeah. should be ran. Roger Goodell, wait. You're treating your players like people? Hmm. Yeah. Oh. These are commodities. Have we not told uh, you yeah, this? Yeah, right. um, The The last thing I would say is just I think the. And this is how I feel, but this is what the NBA needs to continue to push out: is education from both sides. A- educate yourself on, you know, historical oppression and and the difficulty of having to work twice as hard to get fifty percent as much, and not being able to make any mistakes along the way as a kid. And and think about the challenge of and difficulty of being a police officer in this country and the situations they're put in on a daily basis. You know, you got to look at it from both sides and think about the challenge from both sides and, and see it through those lenses. And I think it just starts with educating and not into and your point, Josh, not running away from uh, an opinion that you don't necessarily agree with immediately, or that makes you slightly uncomfortable. You need to hear those things and be able to think it through. Um, this isn't, you know, the fifties or sixties or nineties where shit's just swept under the rug. Like these are real issues that are in our face that need to be taken seriously. Right. And right. it's just been put on the back burner too long. Um, that, that's my last thing though. I'm really ready to just, basking my my Celtics glory
1: yeah me too feels like it's always something right Kyle
2: (laughs) yeah I mean you know the greatest coach I mean it's what Nick Nurse John Wooden Nick Saban like are these are these your top three all-time Josh because yes in order actually your your boy's getting uh I don't want to say he's getting out coached by Brad Stevens I think Brad Stevens is a terrific coach I mean I think it's obvious that the celtics have more talent and i felt that way going into it uh, granted it helps when you know uh, marcus smart shooting 60 percent from three uh yeah, five this, in a row bro like so bro. i was listening to this under the radio and this is where i knew it was really over is that the celtics were up five or two at halftime because the hit a three of the buzzer up two at halftime Kimba was oh for seven from the field or 0 for eight from the field and they were up yeah. I was like, they're gonna win this game.
1: Yeah, he got the ball knocked out of his hands from behind two or three times during this game.
0: Yeah, That's my size. The Celtics have been significantly better than I've given them credit for all year long. I didn't expect like there was nothing in the regular season that they showed me to expect any of this success mm-hmm. in against a premier team in the in the postseason. Yeah, um, nothing I mean, that they were I on
2: pace to win like fifty five games. I mean,
0: it wasn't. But- yeah, so are the, so were the Raptors though. It, they were gonna win like, more, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I just didn't. I'm not saying that they didn't look good. I'm saying there's there was nothing to show me that they could win two games in a row against the Raptors on a on a neutral court. Um, they, and like you said, I I said Fred VanVleet is was as or shooting the lights out, he has been smothered by that Celtics defense, and you guys both called that. So that was that was fantastic on your part, and I think that that's really the difference maker here. If they, <laughs> just like I said, the Sixers will go as far as Horford will take them, or Horford's the X X factor. The Raptors, Van Vleet's the X factor. Like Siakam's a known commodity. Um, that defense is a known commodity. Serge, all that that entire bench is a known commodity. Van Vliet needs to step up. Van Vliet needs to put down 22 to 25 a game moving forward.
2: Yeah, Yeah. probably so. But I don't don't know know if you're going to get that from him. I I really do think – like I'm just going to make it the prediction here and hopefully we remember this. That is going to be the most overpaid contract of this offseason. Like the worst value to actual pay. You went from
0: saying the Mavericks need to go out and get him to – that's the most overpaid contract in two games? Both.
2: Let me well let, well no, it's it, I didn't realize like now that I'm looking around people think he's going to get anywhere from 4 to 80 to 4 to 100.
1: No. I'm not paying
2: that dude 25 million a no. year. No. No. I thought he was going to be like a 4 for 64 kind of guy, 4 for 58 or something like that and I can live with that. But he's not a 25 mil player. No. I'll give him 4 for 20. I see I just I want it because you can go at like you look at the other players. Oh, okay. Never mind. I don't want to do that because there's too many damn GMs giving out bad contracts here. find <laughs> yeah, some really so bad many. twenty million dollar deals. But there's some like there's some really good players that you know make about that much. Like Buddy Heal, Drew Holiday. Like those dudes are better than Freddie than uh, Van Fleet to me. I disagree on both of those takes. Oh, you think Van Fleet is better than Drew Holiday? That's now crazy. today's Drew
0: Holiday. Yes, not prime Drew Holiday. Today's Drew Holiday. He Drew is
2: Holiday's twenty nine, dude. He was at, he was on All NBA defense last year. He's played.
0: He's played subpar this year
2: he's not an offensive threat he's on a terrible team dude that's a that's a wild take i i don't think van vliet is a top 50 player in the nba wow i agree with that actually not at all he's a lockdown he's a lockdown he's the third best player on a team with only one all star
0: behind siakam are you the fourth best player give me give me the give me the lineup for who you think he's is bond or is ahead
2: of him Siakam and Lowry, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Who, who's who would be the third? I mean, I would. I would argue Serge is That's, better than yeah. him in a Van, lot of instances because he can guard so three, four, four, and five really well. He's right. not better than Van Vliet.
0: Van Vliet is a prototype one and two D and three guy, and those are hard to come by, dude. That is hard to come by. There's only a few, a handful of them in the league. Like normally, when we look at D and three guys, there the three through three through uh, two, three, four. Right? They can guard those positions. Not many of them can switch on to a point guard and guard the point guard. Van can't. Those guys are hard to come by. Like he's not a commodity he that can't is guard easily replicated.
2: Right.
0: Right, right. He's a one and two D, D
2: and three guy. But is he is he a D and three guy? He shot forty one percent from the field this year. That is literally one of the worst for guards at for guards over seventeen points or more, that's one of the worst percentages. What do you shoot from the three point line? Thirty nine. He's a D and three guy. Yeah, okay. I just don't know if that's not worth paying. Not that many paying. attempts, though. I mean, it's not yeah, worth paying hundred million dollars. is not terrible. Like
0: he's and he's he pretty much like Kawhi was fantastic on that. Like obviously carried that team, but he hit so many clutch threes in the playoffs. He's like he's a playoff competitor. And we saw him do that in the last series. He's not getting it done against the Celtics this this series. But he is like to say that he's not a top fifty player or to say that he's not no,
2: worth four for eighty, 80. dude, that's 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 oh, see, I'm I'm not giving a three and D guy take. four for eighty. Check it. I laid it out. Siakam's barely top twenty five. Like I laid it out the other day. I'm telling you, dude, there's fifty better players than Fred Van Fleet for sure, for sure. He's six one, bro. Like you have to be so elite to be like Chris Paul's probably around fifty. Chris Paul's better than Fred VanVleet. Fleet.
0: Chris Paul is significantly higher than fifty. How he's low do you think no, this NBA is,
2: NBA is right now? Chris Paul just all starred this year. I know, but I'm saying like go yeah, but, okay, you're right. But like going into this year, you would not have had him very high. I would have had him I would have
0: had him top easily top fifty, dude.
2: I, I can't imagine
0: dropping Here, Here's a prediction. Ball. If
2: you give Fred Van Vliet four for whatever, there there's a chance that he's not in the NBA in that fourth year. That's my opinion.
0: Dude, that's insane. I agree, I I will, agree with that.
2: I, I will put some money on that right now. Cool. Four years from now that – Fred, <laughs> give, give me odds.
0: I'll put some money on that right now because there is a 0% chance right. that Fred Van Vliet is not outside of the NBA bar. In some
2: this is, this is a guy that's mass averaging average 10, 10 points, four assists, Forty one percent field goal for his career. God, that's for his that's career. Fantastic. I mean he
0: came he came out of Wichita State in four years. What how much of that was brought down in his freshman and sophomore year?
2: Um I mean Wait. last year last year he averaged eleven points, four point eight assists, two point six rebounds, and he shot forty-one percent from the field and thirty-seven percent from three. That eleven I'm, points is significant can...
0: lower, significantly lower than I thought it was. But in, <laughs> in the playoffs, dude, he turned it on. And, and
2: <laughs> on, the, second, on was... the first two series, he missed twenty threes in a row at one point in the series one and two of last year. What are you doing? So in the this finals? guy just got good at the end of last season. Is my point. So yeah. he's had one full calendar year of a good. I, uh, this isn't a Fred Van Fleet podcast. I'm not no. paying that guy that much. Do you think that a whole lot
0: of players get significantly better? In the playoffs, and then the next year, and then the playoffs again, and then fall out of the NBA in the fourth year. The,
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, depending on where the bar started, yeah, because the bar was really low at the start. He was averaging two points a year, two points a game his rookie year. All right. But he's
1: not um, having have, that kind of tremendous. We'll have
2: to agree to disagree on this one. And yeah, at, you can look at his body. Okay, that may be a little far of a stretch. He might be in the NBA. You will regret that contract in year four of that deal if you give that man hundred million dollars. No regret doubt about it.
1: Shit. No doubt about it.
0: I, I would give him a hundred million. I would give him eighty.
2: I'll give him four for eighty for sure. Okay. That so means, let's let, let me ask you this: Can you, is Toronto out of this series? Because yeah. last year they were down 2-0 to the Bucks. I never thought they were out of it. I didn't think they were going to rattle four in a row. They had Kawhi Leonard last year, though. I think the series is over.
1: This series is I over. They th- got embarrassed in the first game. The Celtics move the ball better than they, they even know what to do with. And that's without Gordon
2: Hayward. Celtics ball movement is
0: really
1: good. That's without Gordon Hayward, too.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that the Raptors are out of it. I think that yeah. Nurse will make the adjustments that need to happen. I think the Raptors are going to win two in a row. Okay, I was about to
2: say if it even goes three one, I don't think that Boston team loses three games in a row. No, I
0: don't think so either. I don't. I don't think that it can go three one. I think the Raptors need to win two in a row to take it to seven. I'm still, honestly, I'm still sticking with the Raptors here.
2: Okay. And I mean, at this point, like I know you said you're there. Like I'm all like I can't stress it enough. Like the what Jason Tatum's doing game in and game out as a 22 year old kid is really impressive.
0: I would take Another. Fred VanVleet over Jason Tatum. <laughs> I, I'm just joking. Okay. I just yeah, wanted to see you guys come through Did the you goddamn computer.
2: Dave forgot how sarcastic Josh is. He yeah, was just like, oh a my little god, bit, god. I would have to. Little rusty. Gonna, he's just going to send Josh a text after this. We need to talk. Yeah. You're off. Um, You're out of here. See, like, I, I wouldn't put. I would like Fred Van Vliet on the Celtics is like, the fifth best player because I would take Marcus Smart over Fred Van Vliet. I would do 100%. Uh, he could go in one through four. He's one of the strongest dudes in the league. He can guard one through four. He's proving he can knock down an open jump shot. He's not as good of an offensive player overall, but he, he he's hitting shots right now.
0: I think I, I think I'm okay with it. After when you first said it, I was like, yeah, I think I'm okay with that take.
2: He, he's um, really versatile defensively. He makes plays that it's not just his on ball. It's his like that interception pass he had. He got uh, he got
0: DPLY. Uh, Votes, a significant amount of DPOY votes as a guard this year. So, yeah, yeah, it's a do not dude. It's yeah. that
2: doesn't happen much. No, um, but, uh, but Tatum is really showing that he's like, I don't want to say he's like a Kobe comp because he is a really good defensive player. Like if you watch him play defense, he's a really, really good defender. I mean, he he's like, I can't even really find. I think he's a, a really similar player to KD. Offensively, and his defense and rebounding keeps improving as KD's did early in his career.
0: Yeah, I I'm okay with the Kobe comp because I think that he is what Kobe would be if Kobe was in today's
2: day and age. And it, like I didn't realize he's six nine and a half. I always forget that. Like I I, re, I read that and then I always just think he's six seven in my head.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I'm okay. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that comparison. Um, he's not doing any post up turnaround fadeaways because they're not as efficient as as a, a 3 point shot, right? So, I think that he is what Kobe would look like in today's day and age. Kobe is was significantly better in his third year than Jason Tatum is though. So, like don't don't hear me saying that they're the same player. Um, but his game is reminiscent of Kobe Bryant's. Yep. Josh just likes the 2 point jumper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do what? Said so Josh just likes the 2 point jumper. That's all it is.
2: <laughs> what is not, you know, I, I, how do I How do I say this? What I don't think is talked about enough, though, is like what he's doing at such a young age and the progression we're seeing him make. Because he was good when he came in, but he's continuing to get just a little bit better every single year. And I don't know where the ceiling is for him. I'm not ready to say that in a few years he couldn't be the best player in the league. Like I'm that bullish on him. And I was listening to the Rosillo podcast last week, and he had this great theory called the 30 and 13. There's a way he came up with it. Basically... He It's something in his life he was applying to the NBA saying there's just playoff guys and there's scores that are elite scores in the NBA that you don't know if they're going to get you 30 in a playoff game or 13. Like you know Kawhi is going to go out there and get you 20-something. You know Dame. You know Steph's going to go out there. You know KD going to go out there and get you that. Um, and he was giving examples. He's like, you know, Jamal Murray's like that, although he's been pretty damn good this series. Russell Westbrook is like that. Paul George is like that. Um, there's just guys you don't know if they're going to show up and get buckets for you in a playoff game. Jason Tatum's not that guy. Like, I, I feel good Jason Tatum's going to give me 20, 25 points every single night. And there's just not a lot of dudes at 22 in this league that I feel that way about. Like, there's none besides him and Luca, really. Devin yep. Booker, maybe, but he's never played in a playoff game.
1: Yeah, yeah. probably won't.
2: Um, Donovan Mitchell might be there now. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a yeah, good that's point. Donovan Mitchell's
2: and, a good one. Yeah, and Jamal and Murray might be there now, too, for all yeah, we dude, know. Yeah, true. Who would? If you had to t- pick one of those guys, who are you taking, John- Donovan Mitchell or Jamal I- I Murray? I've told you this, Donovan Mitchell. You have to hide – if Jamal Murray was an average defensive player or a serviceable defensive player, I would say possibly Jamal Murray because I love his game. It's so smooth. Mitchell gets the rim more. He is a better passer. He has a, he's a 6'10 wingspan. We talked about that. He's an above-average defender. I mean, he gets exposed sometimes, but he makes really good plays. Um, so I just think because you have to hide Jamal Murray essentially – it's no-brainer Donovan Mitchell's who I'm paying.
0: Let me tell you what has been the change in this series versus the rest of the year for Donovan Mitchell. Quinn Snyder is letting him do more on-ball stuff and playing him more at the one. Like he yeah. said, we're giving up on Mike Connolly, and that is the future for Donovan Mitchell. I think I said this last yeah. year in that he's too small to play the two. He needs to move to the one. And I watched multiple different plays where he was facilitating one play where he took a pick-and-roll. He came off came off and it was jokic on his back and he stuck his butt into jokic and waited for this for the next big to come up to him and then he made the pass to his big and that is a point guard play right there like get donovan mitchell the ball let him run the point let him run the point and just score out of the point and quinn snyder makes, needs to make that change it looks like he has he needs to continue with that change if he wants to be uh make that guy a, a superstar
2: yeah and the, the talent's there for sure um this game looks like, you know, Denver's, we're recording this Tuesday night, Denver game seven, they're leading in the in the third quarter. Um, saw Jamal Murray take a pretty hard spill on the knee, so I want to make sure he's all right. That looked kind of serious, but regardless of who wins this series, do we think that they have a chance against the Clippers? No. No. I don't either. I don't think so. I think so. the Clippers are starting to figure it out, too, and it's, it's uh, I don't want to say it's scary or it's impressive because a non-KP Mavs is not a very threatening playoff team, but... The swagger, I think, is important because yeah. we know the talents there.
1: Paul George
0: is starting by to swagger. Do you mean like trying to hurt the other stars? Is that what you mean by swagger?
2: Yeah, I don't think Marcus Morris embodies the entire
0: and Patrick level Beverly and
2: aura of that team. Patrick <laughs> Beverly does not help, but he's been hurt. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi are relatively passive. I just think
1: Paul like, specifically on Paul
2: George's face, on Lou Williams, on these guys that they're going to need buckets from because we, dude, Kawhi is. And I've said it here before. I don't know who the best player in the world is. LeBron, KD, Kawhi, or Giannis. You can make an argument for any of the four. Kawhi's the best playoff basketball player, and that's the guy I want going into the playoffs, even over LeBron. LeBron's an easy two for me, but Kawhi's one, bro. He just shows up and gets 30 and 10 every fucking night and guards the best player. It's unreal. It's it's. I'm, absolutely- a, I'm okay with that. I, I think that... Uh... It's not Giannis. We've so, seen I mean, no, I, no I'm
0: not, I, wasn't, I wasn't even thinking of Giannis. I'm trying to decide whether I would
2: take playoff LeBron or playoff Kawhi. And I think, I think I'm defense LeBron. is just – oh, my – I mean, I don't I, – obviously, I love LeBron, but I just think that Kawhi is more of an assassin. I think he's less scared of the moment. He's more cold-blooded, and he's a better defender that's going to lock the other number one scorer on crucial possessions in the fourth. So I'm giving the tip of the hat to Kawhi. And LeBron's fucking 35. The fact that he's in this conversation in year 17 is insanity. It's
0: absurd. It really Agreed. It um, really is. Here's what I've realized watching the Clippers this, this playoff season. I've never been able to put my finger on why Doc Rivers – I haven't liked him. I don't like Doc Rivers. I've never been able to put my finger on it. Why? And I haven't been a super public in regards to it. Here's why. He encourages his team to play dirty. Look at the way that Blake Griffin played underneath him. Look at the way that Chris Paul played underneath him. Chris Paul is is very dirty. Even dude,
2: he's not go deep. back to the Celtics team, yeah, dude. With, I was with Rondo say. and KG, yes, Eddie those, those dudes were dirty
0: shit. Like Marcus Morris was not this bad on the Celtics.
2: No, was,
1: am I thinking uh, of the right? No, you Mar- are. Marcus
2: Morris is a little bit of a hothead. No, you you
1: are though. He just he. He had a way more muted role on the team because he was such a, a backups backup kind of situation yeah. with them.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's he encourages his guys to go out there and, and play old school basketball, which is really just means don't follow the rules of basketball. Like, I hate that term. It's not old school basketball. It's fucking cheap. Like, that's yeah. not basketball, bro. Yeah. Go play a different sport if you're going to do that shit. But... I, I I've never been able to put my finger on why I don't like him. That's why I don't like him. I think he encourages his guys to be dirty.
2: Yeah, I have. I, I mean, I don't know if he does that. Obviously not publicly, not on the court or anything. I think he just I think he tells his guys do whatever it takes. And he gets the guys that are he, he gets guys on his roster. He knows are going to make those decisions. But this team, it's kind of masked. Well, because, like I said, the superstars are not dirty players. Paul George and Kawhi by no means are dirty players. Um but anyone that like, dude, that was an absurd foul. Like, it, yeah, I guess- it, like I understand. Like, compared to like Bill, you know, Bill and Beard knocking someone out, it's not a dirty play. Um, Newsflash: Marcus Morris is way fucking stronger than him. Um, than Bill Ambeer? and Beard too. It's no like, way. yeah, right. Like, come on, dude. And it's like,
0: that was like was basketball. On, dude. Got, dude, nobody's that Marcus strong.
2: Morris's wrists are bigger than that dude's quads. Um, right. But dude, the I, i'm going back to dark
0: rivers look at what blake griffin was like at ou look at what he was like at the clippers and then look at what he was like at detroit yeah it's like two different players dude and that i'm i'm hanging my hat on that i'm i'm hanging my hat on that. i,
2: I think that's, that's a fair point um i think being in los angeles is a lot different than being in norman norman oklahoma but let's we'll, we'll leave that alone i i do kind of see what you're saying um uh, but that was just a shitty foul like that's not how the league is played anymore it's a you protect the superstars, and you just don't do shit like that. Like he he wasn't gonna score. The ball was not gonna go up. He could have just had a hard playoff foul, which I'm good with, but it was excessive. Um, hey, hit him I in thought, the head, yeah. I, I thought Luca I thought Luca getting up and coming back at him was the right thing to do. Obviously, Luca wants does not want that problem. That is not a fight Luca wants, but he has to do that to protect himself. Um Dude, because that, the my boy really RJ,
0: Go ahead. My boy RJ said and he hit the nail on the head. The Mavericks need an enforcer. They don't have one. They don't have somebody that's over there in Marcus Morris's face. They've got Bobon over there making heart stuff with his arms. Have you seen and like they don't they don't have anybody that's there to protect Luca or KP.
2: Yeah, KP's there to protect Luca and that's not great. They need they need somebody else. Tim Hardaway wants to be that guy and I appreciate the heart but uh he's just he's just not that guy. Like honestly Marcus Morris twenty five pounds yeah, Marcus Morris being on their team would like be the ideal guy. Honestly, yikes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, except for he'd hurt, he'd step on Luka's
0: ankle and practice.
2: Montrez is a little dirty. Yeah, the Clippers got a, an edge of a team, and honestly, like I, I heard a stat. There was like twenty-eight technicals um, that were given out through Sunday, and thirteen were in that series.
0: Yeah, dude, it was it was bad, and it was a huge series. I just, I still don't understand that we've been talking about this for years. Um, I don't understand why the NBA allows players to try and hurt their superstars. It doesn't make much sense to me. It's extremely obvious that Marcus Morris was trying to hurt Luca when he stepped on his ankle. That one was like insanely obvious, dude. Like he changed his gait to step on his ankle. Um, That should be an automatic suspension of three to four games.
2: At least. Yeah, that that one was really bad because that was clear from the, the aerial camera. He didn't uh, get anything.
0: Like, nothing nothing happened to him.
2: Yeah, I, it's tough. I mean, I think the Clippers just get a, are getting a lot more love than the Mavs right now, and that's the unfortunate reality. Ford's looking a little bit. I think a Lakers-Clippers series could get pretty chippy pretty quick, especially so if Montrez, Marcus Morris, Pat Bev are doing those type of things to LeBron. I think it could get chippy quick, and that's where – I really hope the Lakers have Rondo back because Rondo will go out there and just swing on anybody. Yeah, he will. Um,
0: <laughs> I, uh, I haven't seen from the Clippers anything that indicates to me that they can beat the Lakers in a seven game. I don't
2: seven-game.
0: know. I, 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 Unless I don't want to put too much. shows up, which I don't trust.
2: Right. And he did in the last two games against the Mavs. And I don't want to put too much weight in that because those Mavs teams are not good without KP. Right. Um, but I do think that the Clippers turned it on a little bit, and we're starting to see them come into their f- full form. I think the Lakers are there a little bit more. They probably still had a tougher opponent overall, although Dame went out, so I guess you could argue it's about the same. I, I think the Lakers' top two guys look significantly better than the Clippers' top two guys, all because of PG. I have no no worries about Kawhi. Right, that could be a problem, right? Because LeBron. You know, when he faced Kawhi previously, Kawhi was obviously much younger, but he had Timmy D, he had uh, Manu, he had Tony Parker. LeBron had D-Wade, who's getting his knee drained every other day. So LeBron's just, to a point we've made a ton of times this year, never played alongside with anyone like AD. So I I would really like to see when push comes to shove in a potential elimination game or game six, game seven of a Western Conference Finals, you know, how much does that really help LeBron having a true – 1A, one 1B, one not a Batman Robin. And I, and I think that's going to be a big deal. And that could be the difference. But we got to see. We could feel totally different after these next couple of series.
0: Yeah. And even the ability to give the ball, put the ball in somebody else's hands and just not have to worry about that possession or not have to worry about that, uh, that like running right the offense that possession just pass it in low to Anthony Davis and let him go to work. Like that's a big deal. That's a big deal for rest. And that's a big deal for allowing LeBron to get back on the other side of the court. Um, and even in, if they're all at the prime, AD and LeBron is far superior to me than Kawhi and Paul George. Like you said, because oh, of yeah. the Paul George thing, even if they're all at their very best.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about two players that complement one another versus two players that are relatively similar. You're talking about a six nine six eleven combo versus a six seven six nine combo. Uh, more defensive versatility, arguably higher IQ. You know, I mean, it, I, I agree with you there. Um, I, I, I like the supporting cast of the Clippers a lot more. Like, I trust Lou Will more than Coos to be the solid three. You know, number three scorer. I trust the likes of Morris, Reggie Jackson, Zubac, all all those guys montrez more than i mean danny green's been really bad i think that gets better i think it has to get better and i think it will kcp's been pretty bad aside from one game i don't know if that will get better i trust danny green more so caruso is not an nba offensive player he has a good iq he makes hustle plays he's a good defensive player but it's just it's tough with him Uh, i don't think he gets as much play in the in the houston series i hope not um it, it, you know, and Deion Wayers and, and J.R. Smith are who they are. And, you know what I mean? They were available for a reason. So it's just yeah. a lot's going to come down to LeBron and AD on that. But, you know, they got to get through whoever wins this Houston OKC uh, game seven, which Houston should have absolutely put game six away and had my prediction correct, which frustrates me a little bit. Um, I still am going to trust them to win game seven because I'm, I'm just going with the best player on the court for game seven, which is James Harden, who's been up and down this series. Um, Chris Paul's been fantastic. Freaking Gallo has been awesome, though, man. Like
0: Dude, he's, He might be the most underrated player in the
2: league. He might just be the most I underrated player. He – I don't know if you watched that game yesterday, but there was a stretch in the third quarter where he was basically just got – he got an ISO um, on James Harden in the post. And James Harden's a strong, good post player. Bucket right over him. Just a and quick shot right on. over him. Just yeah. money. Couple couple of pick and pops. Easy threes, pump fake, put it on the floor once, hit a three. Like he's that's a six nine six ten dude doing that. He is definitely an underrated athlete. Um, I think he's more athletic or more more coordinated and fluid on the offensive end than people maybe realize. And he just is the, he's a guy that's going to get you twenty five in, in a couple random games in a series, and and you don't have to pay him like a you know a star. Like that dude's making less than Van Fleet's going to make. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, I'm a little nervous about that game. I think it could go either way. Russ is terrible. He's been terrible since he came back. That turnover he had at the end of the game was just atrocious yesterday. It was, it was such a savvy, heady play by Chris Paul who played with him all season and knew exactly what he was doing with that right hand and just knocked the ball right out of his hand. It was so smart. Um, that ball's got to be in James Harden's hands. I don't care if he's double-teamed. It can't be in Russell Westbrook's hand at this point. His offensive game is diminishing. at such a rapid rate. It's, it's alarming that he's going to be making 46 million in a few years.
0: Yeah. I, I that's, that's alarming for sure. Um, he still averaged, I think 22, eight and eight this year.
2: No, his offense at the, for the last two months of the year, he was really bad at the beginning. Remember, but then January, February, and those that week of March, he was fantastic. He was averaging like 30 points. Um, since he's come back, obviously his quad's not right and, and his game's predicated on athleticism, so that's affecting him. But dude, I mean last night it was bad. Everything was short. Like he shouldn't be taking threes at this point unless he is wide open. A pull up three for him off the dribble is unacceptable.
0: Agreed. He he's there for one reason, and that's to take the ball like you, you say it still needs to be in hard and sand whenever he's double
2: teamed. I think it depends on where they double team him, at. When there's ten seconds left in the game, that's all I'm saying is James okay. Harden needs to have the ball up with ten seconds left. That's you're right that he's there to draw pressure off of Harden. Uh, yeah. I was sp- speaking specifically. You're down to eleven seconds. You got to go full court. You throw that yeah. thing to Harden and you let him throw up a shot.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I, I think I took OKC in seven, right? Yes. Yeah, I took OKC in seven, and it was it was mostly a. I don't know if I trust this, but I'm going to go against you just to kind of like make it more interesting. Cause we were so similar. Right. I could see it, dude. I think that Chris Paul is significantly more clutched than both James Harden and Russell Westbrook put together. Um, and he had 15 points in the fourth quarter in the last night. Um, I, I, I could see it happening. The, here's the anatomy of an upset. This is one of my first tweets from the sensibly loud media account. I can't remember what game I was watching, but it was a playoff game. And I said, All this team has to do is keep it close and then get lucky in the last, in the last bit. And that's what they did. And, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was a big game though, but that's all that OKC has to do. Just don't get blown out. And you have a better than 50% chance of winning that game. Just don't get blown out.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Gallo's clutch too. Um, and SGA has played terrible, a guy that we're both really high on. He's been awful. So, I mean, if they can get a decent game out of him, they're going to be in good shape. Um, yeah, you're right. CP3 is more clutch uh, than than, Paul or West, or than uh, Harden or Westbrook for sure. And that makes me kind of think, like, on those Clippers teams, like, was it Doc's fault? Was it maybe Blake and DeAndre more than we want to realize? Because at the end of the day, you know, it is hard to be a six-foot guy and be the best player on a championship team. But I, I do think Chris Paul has been on some great teams and been, you know, even labeled by me as kind of a quote-unquote loser, a guy that's not – I'm going to win an NBA championship, and he might not. But I'm starting to change my my tone on that a little bit because what he did this year was really special, especially at his age.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I agree. It's it's amazing when you get away from Doc Rivers, you become kind of likable. But no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, but I. Yeah, I, I agree, and I've I've always said that he's just a loser too. He's like he's never gonna win, never gonna win a championship. Um, I don't think that they're gonna win a championship. I don't even think they have a shot at it of getting out of the Western Finals.
2: As a matter of fact, oh if, well, yeah, yeah not if, with this roster.
0: Yeah, if they if they beat the Rockets, I don't think they'll make it past five games. I would be shocked if they even took it to five games with the Lakers. I think the Lakers are just gonna obliterate them. They'll do that to the Rockets too, I think. But yeah. whenever you whenever you become an underdog, it's you feel it feels different like people will look at you differently and people cheer for you more and that's what they were here he was shipped off from the rockets with no choice it was not his choice he was shipped off because of a trade and he went and everybody including me expected him to pout and complain and he said i'm going to embrace this and i'm going to embrace trying to win with this team and that made him significantly more likable to me he's also just almost moved into that kobe bryant uh zen master-esque um mentor mode with shea Gilders alexander where he's concerned more with making him a great player than he is almost with winning you know which has been really cool for me to see i really I, i can't tell i think the thunder owe chris paul as much of a debt as anybody not named russell westbrook in the history of the of the thunder uh organization
2: yeah that's that's well said um, that'll be interesting to see. I'm going to So you stick with your gut. I'll stick with my gut. I think it's going to be a close game either way. Um, I want to talk about the Milwaukee series with you for a little bit. Cause for all intents and purposes, like you, we all are high on Giannis. We're pretty high on the bucks. I think you're higher on Giannis and the bucks than anybody on this pod. And I told you, I was worried about them going in the series. And I also told you before the, the episode, I'm pissed because I was a, too much of a pussy to go out and say the Heat are going to win this in seven like I truly thought in my mind. I said the Bucks will win in seven and the Heat will just uh, challenge them as kind of a hedge. Dude, that first game was alarming. It's not over by any means. Milwaukee could win this series 4-1, 4-2. But that first game was a little alarming. Giannis looked shook. Um, Slash frustrated. Do you think that Giannis will ever take 12 shots again? No, I mean, not after not after the support he got last night. I mean, he it's this is like – Almost 07 Cavs, when you think about it, the quality he has around him versus the quality of the, the league around him. I mean, it's bad, dude. I I, I think that they're significantly better than the 07 Cavs. Well, um, yes, but, uh, the league was a lot shittier back then, so I'm saying relative to league around them. But Chris Middleton, i told you, he's just a guy that I don't trust. You know, Brooke Lopez changed his game to fit this league. He's a great rim protector. Is he a guy that's going to get it done for me in the playoffs? I don't know. Eric Bledsoe I'm out on as a playoff guy. Uh, you know. Then you start relying on George Hills and the Pat Connaughtons of the world. And I just think that – I think Miami is more confident than Milwaukee is. I mean,
0: Middleton had 28 points. Yeah. Went, went f- uh, four for 54 – or he shot 50% from the field and 50% from the three-point line. Yeah, he was fine. He, he was – I mean, that's fantastic. I'll take that all day from anybody. did he have four points
2: um, in the game last series?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right. But Giannis was Giannis was taking care of that, and Giannis took twelve shots. You're, you're right; they were they were stacking it against him. Jimmy Butler scored forty points. Giannis scored eighteen points. Goran Dragic scored twenty-seven points. None of that is happening again. Okay, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at
2: all. Okay, I think Miami's a lot a lot better than. Probably Milwaukee realized, but then a lot—not you guys. I think you guys think pretty highly of Milwaukee or of uh, Miami, but I think they definitely got the nation's attention because it's not oh, really yeah, like a sexy I, team on paper, right?
0: Right, and I, I've said all year they're not going to win it because they're too much of the scoring comes from young guys. I never said that they weren't good. Like they're—they're they're a good team. They just don't—they're not in that championship age. To be fair, the Bucks aren't in the championship age either. Um, the Lakers and the Clippers are squarely in the championship page. but I, I I don't foresee. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks gentlemen sweep the, sweep these guys like they did the Magic. God
2: Almighty, that's worse than the Fred Van Fleet take. Um, do, you, do you think I, I that just, Jimmy Butler will score forty again? I think I think there's a possibility there's forty in one more game this series. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Uh, do you think Rodgers will score twenty seven again? I think I think that's more likely than Jimmy Butler scoring forty. What you think it's more likely or less likely that I think it's more likely that he gets 27 again.
0: Okay. Do you think that Giannis will take 12 shots again? No.
2: On, 33%, 12 shots. 33 I'm going to, I'm going to start criticizing Giannis. If he takes 12 shots again, next game, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's
0: horrendous. He's going to go out there and take 20 shots and he's going to shoot 80% from the field
2: next game. And <laughs> he's gonna... can I get some odds on him not going 16 for 20 from the field? Yeah. I get, like, I get 15 and 20 and everything below. I'll take some odds <laughs> there. Um, they, there's
0: just uh, this this game was a fluke. Like, there's no way that this this happens again.
2: Two okay, I agree. I agree a lot with a lot of that. I, uh, other than I think the game was a fluke in terms of Butler 40, Dragon 27, Giannis 18. That might not happen again. I still think Miami's going to win another game. Um, two things that stand out to me that make me feel good about the Miami take. Spolster is so much better than Coach Bud, and we knew that going in. But it's yes, just like dude, I will. Learn. It's just so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It's so obvious. He's just playing chess on him. And the other thing is it's just like I'm definitely bigger on this than you guys but body language from the Bucks is not great. Specifically from Giannis. Post game interview from Giannis it's kind of just like he seems a little fed up of like fuck like I know I'm the best player in the world but I'm just not getting the help that I need. Um, I don't think that's like a, a character issue on him or a, a big flaw or Anything that's going to be a detriment to them necessarily, but I think it's a real thing that people can sense in that locker room. They're still humans, even though they're professionals. I I, th-
0: I think that he was mad at himself yesterday
2: more than his okay. Team. I don't I don't necessarily think that, but it, if that's the case, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, like th- I'm not worried about it. That if that's the case,
0: yeah, yeah, and I I can see where you're coming from. I just I just
2: don't think I don't. He'll never call, call his team out area. though. I think he's too too not professional publicly. a guy to call his not team publicly. out publicly. He'll do it in but he might say some shit where it's like, you know, like he, he was like, yeah, I just got to do what coach says, you know, when they asked, they asked him, Hey, why, why weren't you guarding Jimmy Butler? Like, did you want to, what happened there? He's like, I just do what coach says. Like, that's not an answer from a guy that's in a great spot mentally. Yeah. That, right. 100%
0: with that. Cause I was pissed <laughs> at that too. And, can, um, props to Giannis though, dude, like that's props to Giannis.
2: Yeah. So. Still feel good about Milwaukee. A little. Are you at least a little nervous for Toronto?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay, but still I, I still got them winning the series. I still have them win the series, but I, 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 and I do think that they'll win the next two. But man, the Celtics look significantly better than I thought they would.
2: Is Jason Tatum the second best player in the Eastern Conference? Not from who's remaining. Just period. Oh, no, dude. Fred Van Leet's in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> God damn it. I was <laughs> so like, I wonder if he's... Is, what? It would be an Embiid, Jimmy Butler, those are just like the guys that come to, to front of mind there. Yeah,
0: that, that was my one is, would I rather... Would I take Jimmy, Jason Tatum or Embiid? Obviously, I would take Tatum because you don't know what the flip you're going to get with Embiid. But do I think he's better than Embiid? Like, prime,
2: prime? No. Like, talent-wise, no, but... Well, I mean, his talent is freaking elite, dude. He is... He is like elevated from great value walmart brand kd to like at least like dr thunder level kd now like he's he's 80 he's 85 percent of kd bro offensively Jeez.
0: that's a that's that's extremely high price um yeah i can't think so my short list in the east would be Giannis, and jason tatum uh bradley I, put bill. I put ben simmons up there and bradley bill too yeah um that's probably my short list but i I think
2: tatum's game is more complete than any of those guys
0: actually i'll I'll put Jimmy butler above middleton
2: i'll put yeah oh for sure for sure like jimmy butler's a two-way player but he can't score the way tatum can um he doesn't have the length tatum has he does not rebound as well same thing with bradley beal like bradley beal just you know he's a great all-around player he might be he's probably neck and neck with tatum right now but like projection for tatum being 22 is just through the roof right um there's just things I see from him where I'm like, oh, well, like a six, four, a 6'3 dude just isn't going to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Right, um, right, right. But I do think Bradley Beal perpetually underrated because of the situation.
0: I do too. Um, he might be – I might he, – he, yeah. That's a hard one, dude. I don't know where to slot Tatum
2: there. Um, I, Bradley Beal is a better fit if you're trying to get a D and three guy to win a championship. Jason Tatum is the guy I'd build a franchise around over Bradley Beal though.
0: I agree with that 100%. Bradley Beal is if you want to win now. I, I don't think he's a James slot.
2: Is, in, he's a slot in as your two or your three on on any roster, and that makes it so much better.
0: I don't think the Celtics can get out of the East with Jason Tatum being their best player right now.
2: Wow, I think they might do it this year. Yeah, and that's
0: that's what I mean. Is I don't think it'll happen this year.
2: I put that bet on on uh, on the podcast when the playoffs were starting. That that was kind of my my flyer pick in the North East North was Boston yeah. plus seven hundred to win the East. Yeah. I like it. Um, so final final takeaways. Fred Van Fleet, arguably best player in the NBA. No <laughs> no concerns about Milwaukee. You hate you absolutely dude I, I, I hate that shit, thing so I, much.
0: I will say shit like from the moment <laughs> moment one, like Chris Middleton is an all star this year from game one and you're two
2: years have later. have let it go. Have you have let it go. You.
0: You're you two years later you're still arguing with me that he sucks, dude. I can't believe this, dude. I called it, it from before anybody knew him
2: in 10 years when Zion is, like, the first dude with, like, robotic hips because they don't work anymore, I'm going to be like, he's coming back, baby. I told you how it <laughs> wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> dude, uh, would you take Zion or Tatum right now? Oh, Tatum, 100%. Zion, Zion's injury concerns, I'm there on the injury concerns. Like, I, I think I would, like, I'm at a point where I'd probably take Ja over him even from just what I saw this year. Yeah. Which is crazy. One thing but, I will say is I,
0: I had the injury concerns from the beginning. I never thought that he would do what he did
2: when he yeah. was playing. I never, like, dude, that dude was- can score. Like that's the thing is he can really score as a overweight six six dude. Yeah, that was crazy to me. That
0: was that was bizarre to me. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, injury concerns are huge. Um. Yep. Cool. Let so, me let me throw one more at you. Okay. All right. Jason Tatum and Fred VanVleet. Or Luca, Luca. I think I, I, mean I think so
2: too. Yeah, I, I really mean that. I just those guys are really good players, and that combo is nice. But Luca is like he's not LeBron defensively, but he makes people around him better in the way LeBron and Magic did, and you just can't replace that. Right now, today,
0: there are four players in the league that you put them on an offense, and that offense is immediately elite. They're LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, and Luka. That's it.
2: Yeah, I don't think you can put hard in there. There's too much iso play. Kawhi is a bit of an iso player as well. AD, he helps a lot of pick and rolls, but he's not going to create for you. Yeah, I, I, I like that list. I, I, I mean, I do think a healthy KD is on that list too.
0: He, he doesn't – yeah, I, I guess here the, all, all those guys create for other people. KD doesn't, and I guess that's what I like – those are all guys that can score like crazy and create like crazy. Jokic being – What about Steph? Jokic is a little bit – oh, Steph. Yeah, I forgot about Steph. Okay, there's five. Yeah.
2: Five. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that list. I, I agree, and that's that's why I think you take Luka. Um, but that's, that's a good one. I like that. But – yeah, let's get back on this weekend, man. We'll get J Mac back on here. He did, uh, he did have fatherly duties this evening, um, but I'm glad he was on the first half with us for some really the more important conversations. This is just the fun stuff for us um, on the back end. But let's get back on here this weekend. See where we're at on these. We'll be in round round two across the board, um, and we'll catch up. And you know, then you can eat some more crow for your Toronto pick. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Go uh, enjoy. It. Hey,
0: you you took Utah in this uh, round, right? And I took like Denver. Uh
2: no I took I'm sad to say I took Denver in four was my you took pick. Denver in four okay <laughs> yeah A little I think little of off I, on that one that's okay you, I, I just throw out
0: shit and don't remember what I say you have yeah to I know that's why I write I write
2: everything down yeah what what did I take Denver for was it six did I take first in six? thing on my list is Middleton is not an all star um <laughs> you pick you pick Denver in five Denver in five okay
0: yeah so we need we need Denver to win for both of us to be right there did Justin take Utah. No, he took Denver in four as well. Me and Justin, He's the exact same thing. Who said Donovan Mitchell would lead the entire bubble in scoring in the first round? Did anybody say that? Uh,
2: I don't know about that. I, I, I might've said that because I knew, I, cause I knew Bogdanovich being out was going to kill him, but you I don't think I said that. that. Nobody said that.
0: That's I did the, say he was going to be the best don't. player
2: on the floor though.
0: And he has been, you did. Yeah, you did. And he has been agreed. Um, that's only because Murray laid an egg those first two games. But I keep wanting to talk more, dude. My bad. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll let I'll shut up and let you close out the show, okay? All
2: right. Well, guys, we appreciate it. We're going to come back this weekend for you. Hopefully, we'll try to be at full force again. Um, go follow us sensibly loud and on the break. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, we'll check back in with you. Josh, always good to talk to you, man. Later. See you, man.